Everything is terrible. Everything sucks. The Blue Jays are bad. This is episode 73 of 211's Baseball Talk, and it starts right after this. That was Balance by Infinite walking you into episode 73 of 211's Baseball Talk. My name is Dylan Baker. Joined beside me is my dad, Chris, and the Blue Jays are bad. That's the end of the podcast. Thank you for watching and listening. Just kidding. <laughs> it's not. How are you? Uh, they're bad. They're really, really bad, but I'm good. Um, and yeah, it'll be an interesting podcast. After a week away, we can uh, talk a little bit about how it wasn't the greatest uh, time away for yeah. base in Toronto slash Buffalo. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it was uh, not great in the week that we took off. Uh, the Astros series was bad, as was the one with the White Sox. The White Sox series was a little bit better, but that's when we got our first signs that the bullpen wasn't equipped for a uh, for close games. And uh, I saw somebody tweet this after the Red Sox series, which we will recap after this, uh, that the Blue Jays team this year is built for blowout games. It's not built for close games. They have a bullpen with a pretty reliable closer in Jordan Romano, but he hasn't had very many save opportunities because they don't get him to a save opportunity. The starters will go six or seven. And then all of a sudden it's up to the bullpen to get them the rest of the outs. And we'll talk about the bullpen after anyway, here we go. Uh, I'm sure a lot of blue Jays fans don't want us to recap the games, but uh, we have to, it's part of the podcast. So uh, let's do it. It's the blue Jays and Red Sox series. The Jays went to Fenway for a wraparound series against the Red Sox. Ross Stripling took them out against Garrett Richards. The Jays' offense uh, got going in the first with a Teoscar Hernandez single. In the second, Bo Bichette and Teoscar Hernandez both singled to make it 3-0 Jays early. Bobby Dahlbeck, the pride of Boston, even though I don't think he's actually from there, homered in the bottom of the third to make it 3-1. In the top of the sixth, a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. homer made it 5-1. Then in the bottom of that inning, Things began to go downhill. A stripling started the inning, then Chatwood blew it up. A Hunter Renfro single made it five to two. Then Chatwood came in, walked Marwin Gonzalez to score a run, and that and made it five to three. And a wild pitch then made it five to four. In the eighth, Christian Arroyo went yard to tie things up. With Jordan Romano being victim of forearm tightness, Rafael Dolis came in and allowed a couple of hits. Then an Alex Verdugo single walked it off. In the second game, Steven Matz took on Nick Pavetta. In the first, Vladdy went yard to make it 2-0. In the fifth, Kevin Biggio went deep, and it was 3-0. Later that inning, Marcus Simeon hit a homer, and it was 4-0. Next batter, Bobachet goes back-to-back with Simeon, and it's 6-zip early on. Bottom six, Christian Vasquez singled made it 6-1. Then in the eighth, Rafael Devers tripled to make it 6-2. In the ninth, Reese McGuire went yard to make it 7-2. That would be the final score. In game three of the series, it was a wild win for the Jays. Martin Perez against Robbie Ray on the bump. The Jays got on the board first. They Teoscar Hernandez homer in the top of that inning to make it, or top of the first, I should say, to make it 3-0. Later on in that inning, Lourdes Goriel Jr. yanked a homer over the monster to make it 4-zip. In the top of the second, Marcus Simeon went deep to make at five nothing blue jays in the bottom of that inning the red sox clapped back with a xander bogart's home run then in the top of the fourth a vladdy single made it six to one teoscar then hit another homer to make it nine to one fifth inning marcus Simeon hit a sack fly then boba went deep and all of a sudden it's 13 to one blue jays a kike hernandez double made it 13 to three in the fifth Kevin biggio went deep to put the jays ahead even further at 14 to three in the seventh, Vladdy had a two-run shot to make it 16-3. A Bobby Dahlbeck homer made it 16-4 in the bottom of that inning. 
but a two-run rally to Les home run in the ninth made it 18-4, to which was the final score. The Blue Jays set a Fenway record for most home runs in an away t- by an away team, I should say. And also, I, I feel kind of bad for Ryan Weber, who came in relief of Martin Perez, went five and two-thirds innings, allowing 13 hits and 11 earned runs, got DFA'd the next day. In the finale, Alec Manoa took the mound for the Blue Jays against Nathan Ivaldi. In the bottom of the third, the Red Sox got on the board first with an Alex Verdugo double to make it one nothing. That would remain the score for a while as Manoa and Ivaldi both dominated and the Jays were down to their final strike. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was matched up against Matt Barnes and he went yard to tie the game. However, in the bottom half, tied game, Jordan Romano was not out there because it's not a safe situation, and Delise took the hill. He allowed two guys to get on. That allowed a double to Rafael Devers, and the Red Sox walked it off yet again. All right, so that was the Red Sox series. Two walk-off wins for Boston and uh, a blowout win for the Jays and a closer but still not you know, a, a very tight game uh, in a win for the Blue Jays. Uh, what, did, what did you think of that, of that whole Boston series? Well, I mean, we should have, we being the Blue Jays, should have swept it. I mean, there's no question about that. Taking two out of four was unacceptable there. Um, you know, a split is a split. And I saw them tweet out, oh, split, as if it was something exciting. And I know they have to try and make it look exciting as the Blue Jays' Twitter account. But um, the reality is that series should have been a sweep. They should have won the first and the fourth game um and did not so you know it's uh and, and again it was the same old story i know we're gonna get into it more probably with the yankee series but it's the bullpen bullpen is a a minefield that's really all you can call it it's like a desolate minefield where everywhere you go it's just blowing up everywhere you step um that is the toronto bullpen right now yeah, and I mean, game one of that series, Ross Stripling threw a gem on the mound. And we don't often say that because Ross Stripling has had a tough year, but he's had some really good outings lately. And we'll talk about another good outing against the Yankees. Um, I couldn't believe what Tyler Chatwood did. He had, I believe the, the, the stat was he had more wild pitches than he threw strikes in his three batter outing. He hit two guys and he walked a guy and threw a wild pitch and a run scored on that. Chatwood blew the game and then Dolis came into the ninth. Uh, that was due not to uh, not do, not due to the fact that it wasn't a safe situation necessarily, but Jordan Romano did have forearm tightness, so they didn't want to use him on Friday. He was good to go on Saturday though, so that was a positive sign for the Blue Jays. Um, but Dolis on the mound on Friday and and the Red Sox walked it off. And then on Monday, it's a wraparound series. Uh, Monday night's game, Dolis is on the mound again in the ninth because it's not a safe situation and the Red Sox walk it off. The reality is, I think, and we'll, we'll talk about that, but the, the only reliable arm in this Blue Jays bullpen right now to me is Jordan Romano. And uh, if they can't get the ball to him in his spot, that's a problem. And, and the front office will need to address it. But I'm already sharing my thoughts on the bullpen a little earlier than I would have hoped to. So let's talk about the Yankees series. Following yet another heart-wrenching loss, the Blue Jays returned to Buffalo to face the Yankees. The Yankee fans invaded Salem Field, and that was rather unpleasant. The Jays sent Hyunjin Ryu to the mound versus Jordan Montgomery, and the Jays got a run in the first inning with a Teoscar Hernandez single to make it 1-0. Gary Sanchez tied things up in the second with a dinger. In the bottom of the third, though, Bo Bichette went deep, and the Jays regained the lead at 2-1. Chris Gittens hit his first big league homer, also his first big league hit to tie the game. A pass ball in the fourth made it three to two Jays. Then Bo Bichette had a two-run single, and the Jays were up five to two. In the sixth, Miguel Andujar grounded out to make it five to three. In the seventh, Anthony Castro now on the mound. Brett Gardner went deep, and it's five to four. 
Then a wild pitch later in the inning tied the game, another blown lead. In the eighth, Tim Mesa ran into trouble, so Jordan Romano came in and allowed a double to give the Yankees the lead. They would win 6-5. to five. In game two, Garrett Cole took the mound versus Ross Stripling, and they dueled, which is pretty shocking. The Yankees took a lead early with a Giancarlo Stanton sack fly. Marcus Simeon led off the bottom of the first with a homer to tie the game pretty quickly. No scoring from the first until the fifth when Kevin Biggio went deep to give the Blue Jays the lead. In the seventh, after an error got a runner on, Gary Sanchez came in to pinch hit for Kyle Higashioka and in a two-run home run that would become the difference. The Yankees won 3-2. to two. In the finale, TJ Zoik was filling in for Steven Matz, who tested positive for COVID-19 against Michael King, who was filling in for Corey Kluber, who's got a shoulder injury for the Yankees. The Yankees got on the board first in the second with a Miguel Andujar fielder's choice. In the top of the third, Gio Urshela went yard with a two-run shot to make it 3-0. In the bottom of the third, though, the Yankees got a couple back. Reese McGuire doubled home a run, then Bobochette grounded into a force out to make it 3-2 Yankees. A fifth inning grounded from Marcus Simeon tied things up. Then in the sixth, Randall the Scandal made it 4-3 to three with a single as the Jays took the lead, but it was in the bullpen's hands. In the top of the seventh, Giancarlo Stanton homered off of Anthony Castro to give the Yankees back the lead. Chris Gittens had a pinch hit single to extend the lead to 7-4. to four. Then in the ninth, Chris Gittens again, this time with a sack fly, made it 8-4, to four, which would be the final score. Well, not a great uh, three-game set for the Blue Jays in Buffalo against the Yankees, and it certainly didn't help that all the Yankee fans had made the trip to Buffalo, and it was loud and annoying, and I guess this is how Mariners fans feel when the Jays invade Safeco Field or T-Mobile Park, whatever it's called now. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's a lot more fun when you're on the right side of it, let's just say that. The Blue Jays <laughs> blew three games, three games in this series. Um the Yankees, for the first time in their history, and obviously the Yankees have a very long history, swept a series in which they were down in every seventh inning. They were down in these games coming into every seventh inning. Ross Stripling had a decent game uh, that was that was bad because of the pinch hit home run he allowed, or sorry, due to the home run he allowed in the uh, in the first game. Uh, or in the second game, pardon me. And then in the first game, the Jays were up again with Ryu on the mound, had an okay Okay outing, not a great outing by Ryu standards, but uh, an okay outing. And then the bullpen blows it up. I mean, just awful. It's just terrible. And any shot the Blue Jays had to come back in the second game was squandered by the bullpen. Same was the case in game three. They had the lead in the seventh inning. They did. And then it was a home run for Giancarlo Stanton that that gave the Yankees the lead, which, which they would never relinquish. And hey, what were your thoughts on that Yankees series? Well, I mean, it's it's awful. And, you know, Jamie and, and Joe uh, shared a stat that the Blue Jays lead the league and with 10 games blown where they were leading after the seventh inning. Ten games. I mean, most teams win all those games or at least eight of those ten. And so, you know, this is where the Blue Jays sit. This is, you know, it's crickets from the front office. And I get it. I mean, I said to you this last night as we watched the Blue Jays blow yet another one. Um it's hard to replace an entire bullpen. It, you, you can't just, you know, even if they get one arm, that solves nothing. I mean, it solves nothing. They can get one good arm, and now you've maybe got a guy for the eighth inning. But the reality is starting pitchers don't even go past the sixth inning now. I mean, it, it's pretty rare. It, it, you would need, right now, you'd need them to go to eighth, eighth inning basically until you can get Romano in there and just avoid the entire bullpen. Um, that never happens anymore. It, it rarely happens uh, unless you're, you know, early on in the 2021 season and throwing no hitters as Ross Stripling basically. But um, you know, that's luckily subsided, but um, 
you know, because the hitters have started to catch up. And that's the problem is that our bullpen, the Blue Jays bullpen started the season well because the hitters weren't ready. But this is a, what, what was Andrew Stoughton's tweet last night that I thought was beautiful? It was hilarious. Um, it was basically, you know, are we surprised that these bottom of the barrel pitchers? Yeah, are, are these, are we surprised that the, these guys who got DFA'd by bad teams are bad in the Jays bullpen? It was like, no. Not really. No, and the whole reason we were like, oh, this is a great bullpen in the beginning of the season is because hitters weren't there yet, but they're there now, and this bullpen's terrible. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of injuries. I get it. Buck and, and Tabby talked about the, the list of them last night. It came on the screen, and you look at it, and you go, wow, that's basically the entire bullpen. So there's no question that there is some major injuries in there. Um, you know, the bullpen should have been better, but what my concern is is they're not doing anything to address it and now you've got a sweep of a team that we were sweeping early on in the season yeah or by a team i should say that we were sweeping early on in the season no exactly uh i don't know if the jays ever actually swept the yankees but they definitely they they didn't lose a series to them that's for sure um earlier earlier on in the season and and the bullpen like you mentioned there are a lot of injuries and the the list of injuries is actually on its own a pretty decent bullpen if you look at it i mean uh, you got now Dolis and Carl Edwards Jr. are both injured on that list. But Julian Merriweather, he's still hurt. And we have an update on him coming up shortly when we talk about our injury updates for the Blue Jays. Ryan Barucki, he was really good to start the year. Great lefty specialist throwing 97 out of the bullpen. You know, he finally, like in the offseason, he trained to be a reliever and not a starter. And that was paying off in the early parts of the season before he got hurt. Um, you know, you've got other guys, AJ Cole, who's injured as well. Kirby Yates, who's up for the year. I mean, the front office, in my mind, put together a bullpen at the beginning of this year that looked like it was probably going to play. David Phelps, he was incredible when he was pitching but then he got hurt and it, and that could have been a result of the, of the fact that the hitters were struggling at the beginning of the year but i was looking at the numbers the only team to have uh, a spin rate change of of less than one percent uh in either direction after the after major league baseball's announcement that they were going to start punishing players for sticky stuff the jays were the only team that didn't have a, a major change in spin rate. That, that means the bullpen was not cheating. They were not using sticky stuff, or at least most of them weren't. And they were still having success, but that was probably due to the hitters. That was probably <laughs> due to the hitters struggling. Um, but the starting rotation has seemed to have figured this thing out. The starting rotation was the main point of concern for the Blue Jays. The pitching was as a whole. But the rotation has been good. Ryu's been solid. Ray has been fantastic compared to what he was last year. He's an absolute horse out there on the mound. He'll throw 120 pitches. And he's the probably the lone guy that I have confidence in every start that I'm like, okay, if he pitches a good game, he can make it into the seventh inning for sure. If he is Robbie Ray, he's into the seventh inning and we only need one arm before Romano. But sometimes even that isn't enough. And you talked about how starters have to go eight innings for them to have success right now. And they're not doing that because the reality is starters don't go that far in games anymore. It's not what they do. They go, they go six innings, seven innings tops. And then they, and then they come out unless you got Jacob DeGrom uh, or a guy like him, right? Garrett Cole, same thing. So I, I, I don't know what the solution is. And in the, the trade market is probably very difficult right now because of the fact that it's, it's still well before the deadline and, and teams are maybe not willing to sell as much right now. Uh, but the Jays do need bullpen help. But you're right. One arm can't fix things. All right. We've shared our thoughts on the bullpen. Now let's talk more about the bullpen and compare the three guys that the Jays have been using as their late inning relief options. Rafael Dolis, who's now hurt, Anthony Castro, and Tyler Chatwood. Chatwood, who was the best reliever 
probably in baseball at the beginning of the year, just dominated everybody left and right, had filthy movement on his pitches, looked like, you know, the bullpen was where he was meant to be. He couldn't throw strikes out of the rotation and the bullpen combined in Chicago last year with the Cubs, but now he's a Blue Jay. He's in the bullpen full-time. He's got great stuff. Everything is going to be awesome, and it hasn't been um, for for Tyler Chatwood. He seems to have reverted back to his old, his old ways, excuse me, um, out of that bullpen. So I want to give you, I want to get your thoughts, pardon me on, uh, you know, who do you think are the most reliable late inning relief options besides Jordan Romano to get to Jordan Romano, if you had to rank Dolis Castro and Chatwood and give me your thoughts on that. I think, you know, the most potential It's funny blue Jays fans are going to tear us apart if they see this on Twitter or they decided to, but I think Chatwood has the most potential to return to who he was. Um, you know, he's terrible right now and I get that and he's been terrible, but he still shows flashes here and there of, of old Chatwood. So I'm, I'm still going to go with him um, because I think in, in reality, he's the one that, that could come back and, and actually be a solid reliever. But again, the consistency is certainly not there. And I, I know that Blue Jays fans, and I know that he's been terrible uh, of late, but again, that, that first part of the season shows that it can be done. Yeah, absolutely. It can be done. And I think that, uh, you know, Anthony Castro is a young arm. And we have to remember that because he's come in and he's been great until his outings, until his most recent outings, where he uh, allowed a home run to Brett Gardner in the first game of the Yankees series and then kind of blew the game in game three. He has been solid, but he is very young. This is his first time coming out of the bullpen. He was DFA'd by the Tigers, who um, are really bad. And this is an example of a guy, you know, that Stoughton was talking about in his tweet last night. Um, but at the same time, Castro's looked good. He's got a great slider and he's going, I think he's got potential to be a, in the Blue Jays bullpen for a while. Um, the reality is he's young and Joel Piamps has been a great arm for the Blue Jays this season, but he's never pitched in high leverage situations. And I'm hesitant to put him in a high leverage situation because he's young and inexperienced. Right. And a lot of these guys, because of the injuries have had to step in. And these are young inexperienced guys that the moment might be too big for them. And Julian Merriweather is a young guy, uh, but he seemed not phased by the fact that he had to get two saves at Yankee Stadium on opening weekend. So we would love to have Julian Merriweather in this bullpen, but he's hurt. So a lot of injuries have caused the Blue Jays to get to the point where they are now, but to see nothing happen. I mean, Patrick Murphy got called up and that's great because Murphy looked really good in his few outings last year, but he was hurt coming out of spring training. So Patrick Murphy is going to be a big boost for the Blue Jays bullpen. Taylor Saucedo looked good in his big league debut last night at the time of this recording, um, coming out of the left side. And he he looked really good. And I, I hope that Saucedo can contribute but at the same time, we want a, a more established reliever. I think the Jays need a more established reliever because Jordan Romano seems to be locked into that closer role. Tim Mays has been all right um, of late, uh, and he's been better than what he was at the beginning of the year. But I think the Jays need more. And I think that, that, that any Blue Jays fan can look at the team and realize that they need more out of the bullpen. And the front office has to address that. It, it's tough right now. And Brian Cashman, Yankees GM, the Yankees just got to have a little slide before they swept the Blue Jays. He was talking about how the trade market is not good right now. Like they can't, they did the, it's either a ridiculous trade proposal or they, they can't even like reach out to teams because a lot of teams still think they're competing, right? Teams like the angels who are a couple games over 500 or right at 500. They think they can compete. Meanwhile, they've got Rysel Iglesias in the bullpen. Who's going to be a great trade piece come deadline day. And I hope the blue Jays get him or, or someone like him and address the bullpen need. All right. Uh, Patrick Murphy. I mentioned it briefly there. 
Uh, he's in addition to this bullpen, just getting called up from the minor leagues, has a great curveball uh, and a pretty good fastball as well. So watch for him uh, in the coming weeks, and he could be a help for the Blue Jays. Maybe he becomes that eighth inning guy, but that might just be wishful thinking because they don't have one right now. Um, Alec Manoa bounced back in his start against the Red Sox after a couple of rough outings uh, against the White Sox. He didn't look fantastic. He didn't seem to have his great stuff. He still had a pretty decent outing on paper, but watching him, you could tell it wasn't really an Alec Manoa start. Uh, and against Miami, he wasn't very good. Um, that was a praise worst start in the big leagues, but he, he dominated the Boston Red Sox in his game on Monday night. How awesome was it to see Manoa bounce back like that? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, and he's going to, he's, he's new to the league, man. Like he's, he's a rookie. This is going to happen. Um, you know, he's not going to come out and dominate. He's already better than Pearson anyway. And, uh, and again, Pearson, I, Pearson just needs to, to find his stuff again. I think he could be great, but you know, he doesn't have it right now. Ricky Pierce Marrow. Um, oh. <laughs> I'll, Romero, wait by to, the way. I'll wait Ricky, for him to block me on Twitter. Uh, Ricky Romero, by the way, before you keep going, is a great follow for Blue Jays fans on Twitter. He's really invested in every game, and uh, he comes on Blue Jays Central every once in a while. Ricky Romero is, is a great great guy to follow post-career. Uh, post Dominates on Twitter, can't dominate on the mound. Um, right. But... <laughs> But anyway, no, I always liked Ricky Romero too. Um, just couldn't pitch after basically two good seasons. But anyway, uh, he, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get into Nate Pearson because you know my thoughts there. Um, and I know Mike Wilber doesn't like my thoughts on that either because he's definitely tweeted back every time I call him a bust. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't think he's a bust, but I just think that there's there's a lot of work to be done with Pearson. And, and there may be some work to be done with Manoa. I, and, and Manoa looks like the pitcher you could probably get that work done in the big leagues. Um, but he's going to have starts like Chicago and Miami, and he's also going to have starts like he's had in, in Boston. And so, you know, uh, I thought it was great to see. I thought uh, he, he, you know, was, it's again, very disappointing that that, that game wasn't one for him. Um, and, uh, you know, but again, that was the bullpen. Monoa looked great. Yeah, and the, and the bullpen after Alec Manoa looked pretty decent until they got to the ninth and Dolise allowed the walk-off double after allowing a couple of guys to get on. Uh, the, the offense was sliced and diced by Nathan Ivaldi that day. Uh, they only scored one run, and that was with two outs in the ninth inning off the closer for the Red Sox, and that was a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. home run that we talked about in the Boston recap. It was epic. It was fantastic. Everything was great. The Jays are like, oh yeah, we're going to win this game. And then the bullpen happened and they didn't. But yes, Manoa bouncing back is, is, is a good sign to see because he had two okay outings. Well, one okay outing and one bad outing. Let's be real about it. The Miami outing was a bad one. But the fact that he was able to bounce back and throw six one-run dominant innings was fantastic because it shows that he doesn't let the, the, the tough games get to him. He knows who he is as a pitcher. He knows the stuff he's got. He knows he's in the big leagues for a reason. And he was able to bounce back against, against the Red Sox and, and looked like himself again, started off a little shakier, uh, but was able to settle in and, and just, just dominated. It was, it was very nice to see Alec Manoa do that. And he's going to be a huge piece for the Blue Jays in the future. So seeing him uh, have that much success against the Red Sox was great. Of course, the Red Sox were in second place in the AL East at the time as well. So it's not like he was facing a bad team by any stretch. Um, our last topic about the, the last week before we get into injuries and predictions and worst and best um, Ross Stripling showed up Joe panic uh, after panic made his second error of the game uh, in game two of that series. What were your thoughts on the whole situation? It was the one moment I wish Tony LaRusso was our manager. <laughs> 
<laughs> his reaction to that would have been would have been horrible um you know i i think uh the team is frustrated the team is frustrated i'm not going to give stripling an excuse here you can't do that but um but if there was an excuse, it would be that the team is terrible right now. And there's a lot of frustration running through the veins of the Toronto Blue Jays. And so uh, I'm not going to rip it apart. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. Um, it's not good, um, but the team's not good. And so, you know, frustrations are going to boil over and Stripling apologized for it later. Yeah, he did. He called it the most embarrassing thing uh, he's ever done uh on a baseball field for sure, but possibly ever. He said he's Ross Stripling's a very good guy, but like you mentioned, the team is frustrated right now. And uh, Charlie Montoyo said that the Jays are in a good mood, but I, I doubt that. I think he's just trying to, you know, protect the clubhouse and say, Oh, everybody's fine. But you're also in Buffalo. Like, I mean, at some point this team needs to get back to Toronto. Like that's just yeah. the reality of it too, right? You're, you're losing a lot and you're in Buffalo. And I, I saw, I couldn't even imagine how the Yankees felt, you know, watching them celebrate certain things in the dugout and looking at how horrible those dugouts are for a major league squad. You know, it's, I mean, it's better than Dunedin and I get that, but uh, it's really bad still. Like it, it needs to, they need to be able to come across the border and at least play in Rogers center. Yeah. And I think that the Jays will really enjoy being back in a big league ballpark whenever that does happen. But for a guy like Stripling, who spent so much time uh, winning with the Dodgers, he was an LA Dodger. He, was on those really good teams and now he comes to Toronto and the Jays had success in his time there uh, last year after the trade deadline and they were really good because uh, basically as soon as the trade deadline hit as soon as they had a series against the Phillies I believe they went on a run they made the playoffs that was awesome everything was great the year started off a little slow in April but then they turned things around they looked really good again and now they've lost it and that's because of the bullpen and Stripling knows that I think he knows at least that the longer he's able to go into the game, the better chance the Blue Jays have of winning. And Ross Stripling is just like any other competitor. He wants to win the game for his team. That's what he cares about. And more, the more pitches he throws, the less likely the Jays are to win the game because of the fact that the bullpen is so horrendous. And Stripling's had some good outings. And listen, you can't do that. You cannot do that. And Ross Stripling knows you can't do that. He apologized profusely for it on Twitter. Uh, and in the clubhouse, he said he gathered the team. He talked to the team about it. Like, you can't do what Ross Stripling did. But at the same time, like, I understand the frustration. You can't let it out on your teammate, though. Uh, injury updates. Julian Merriweather is now eligible to come off the 60-day or the 10-day IL or something like that. He's on the 60-day, I believe. Um, but it sounds like he won't be back till the end of June. At least we have a time frame to look forward to for Julian Merriweather's return. Uh, Thomas Hatch threw four or three and the three and third, pardon me, uh, innings uh, in a rehab stint in Buffalo allowed one run uh, struck out four looked really good. He was on a strict pitch count pitch limit. So that's why he did not go any further in that game. Um, but uh, good to see that Hatch is coming back because we need Hatch, um, whether that's in the starters role or the hatch. Open, it's time to open the hatch whenever he's healthy. Um, put him, put him as a starter, move stripling to the bullpen. I don't, I don't care. Do something. We need hatch on this team. I think he can provide some good innings for the blue Jays. Uh, Ryan Barucki is, is throwing again, apparently just playing catch, not throwing off a mound or anything. Uh, so he's still in the early stages of his rehab. Uh, Steven Matt's on the COVID IL uh, tested positive for COVID-19 in the Boston series right after his start. Everybody else is all right. Uh, so he is on, for 10 days at least because they uh, have to quarantine for 10 days by MLB uh, rules. Um, 
which means I think he's going to miss his next start as well. And then he'll need some time to build back up again. So we'll see when we see Steven Matz again. I'm not too sure when that will be. Uh, good news, George Springer rehabbing in Buffalo or, or for the Buffalo Trenton Thunder Bison, as uh, Kevin Smith calls them, <laughs> uh, Blue Jays prospect. Uh, I saw that on Twitter when he was, um, when, when somebody got called up to AAA, he's like, awesome, can't wait to have you with the Buffalo Trenton Thunder Bison. Uh, and that's just, that's just a great name for them. Um, but yeah, so, so Springer is with them right now and uh, he's, he's looking good in his rehab. Kevin Biggio went one for 11 in his rehab, came back and hit three home runs for the Blue Jays um, since, he, since he's been back. And Springer is, I think, two for for twelve or two for two for thirteen, something like that. He's uh, he struggled at the plate, but he he's getting his timing back, and his legs look good. He had an RBI double in his most recent rehab game, so he's starting to pick it back up again. And Charlie Montoyo said after his uh, after the game against the Yankees after the series finale that there is a chance that George Springer rejoins them in Baltimore. By the time that this podcast comes out, it's it's coming out on Saturday, uh, we will know if George Springer has joined the team in Baltimore, but maybe he'll join, you know, later in the series. We'll see what happens there. But Springer is close to a return, it sounds like, and that is awesome. He's finally on that rehab assignment. We were all wondering, you know, he's going to co- he's gonna go on the rehab assignment next week or the week after or the week after, and he never went. This time he did, and uh, we're glad that uh, that he's rehabbing and hopefully back soon. All right, there's a lot to choose from. Uh, we'll go with the worst this week first as we move on to our two best and the worst segment. Um, who's the worst Blue Jay? How can you pick just one from the past week? <laughs> well, it's tough, but I'm going to pick Dolise's hand. Uh, it, it was a mind-numbing performance. Um, I'm kidding. I'm and kidding. Hand-numbing well, performance as well. <laughs> a hand-numbing, sorry, performance. Um, yeah, I don't know how you pick just one. I, I really don't. Um, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to just stick with the bullpen itself. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if anybody's worse than anybody else. So, you know, <laughs> it was just <laughs> terrible. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm going to just say, I'm going to cop out here and just say the bullpen. Yeah. I'd like to not say that and go with one specific player, but it's been a different guy. That's been part of the meltdown every, every night. It was Chatwood on Friday and then Dolis allowed the walk off and then Dolis on Monday um and then castro on on tuesday uh wednesday it was um it was it was stripling who gave up the lead but the the bullpen made it worse i forget who was throwing i think it i don't know there, there were a lot of injuries that day uh and then it was it was uh castro again on 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 thursday and i i'm stuck between castro and dolis i think because they've had the most um bad outings if you were to if you were to say that in this in this time frame so I guess I'll give it to both of them. Castro and Dolis out of the bullpen. We need more. And, and the Jays need set up guys who can get the ball to Jordan Romano in the ninth inning. And Castro and, and Dolis are, are two of the guys that you would expect to be able to do that. And they haven't done so. So we are looking for more from them. Um, the worst is not necessarily they're super bad. Although they were this week. It's just that we expect more from them and they didn't perform up to expectations in the past week. All right. Uh, who is your best Blue Jay pitcher from the last week? Uh, best pitcher, I'm going Manoa. Love the comeback. Nice. Um, and, uh, you know, congratulations to him. It's really hard to find a good pitcher in this <laughs> in this roster right now. But Manoa, I think, really bounced back well. And I, uh, congratulations to him. I uh, Yeah, I would go with Manoa this week. Yeah, it's a good it's a good choice for for the best pitcher. Um, Manoa had a great outing against the Red Sox. That was great. Robbie Ray is always solid for the Jays. Um, he's been he's been having a really good year. I'm going to go. Um, see, I, I was planning on going with Stripling. 
But then I, I saw the video of him showing up Joe Panic, and I feel like it's not right to give him the best pitcher when he wasn't the best teammate by any stretch uh, this week. Uh, for the Blue Jays. So I guess I'll go, I'll give it to Alec Manoa as well. I hate to be boring and give it to the same person, but I can guarantee you that I won't be giving it to the uh, same person as you for the best hitter. I've got a, I've got a dark horse in the back of my mind, but yes, Alec Manoa is the best pitcher for me in the past week as well. I had a really good outing against the Boston Red Sox. All right. Best hitter for the Blue Jays. All right. Well, I'm going to give it to Reese McGuire. I know it was only one game, but to see a catcher on this team actually hit, I mean, they hit a ball. Alejandro Kirk can hit, but he's hurt. (laughs) but he's hurt. Uh, you know, all three catchers other than Kirk, I guess. So all four, but Kirk, he can hit, but all three catchers can't hit. They're not even that great defensively. It's really, it's really not great in the catching spot for the blue Jays right now. Um, but anyway, I want to give it to somebody different because Vladdy's obviously the obvious choice. Um, but I, I'm going to give it to Reese. Yeah, Vladdy had a really good series in uh, Boston. I thought you were going to go with Vladdy, so I had a different pick, and I uh, I went with I was going to go with Kevin Biggio with three home runs in his return from the IL. He's my best hitter for the past week. Obviously, I mean Vladdy. Vladdy only had one hit against the Yankees, so if we're going the past week, you know maybe it's not him. Kevin Biggio hit pretty consistently and hit three home runs, and if Biggio who had a bad start to the year can turn it around and be Kevin Biggio again, that's huge for the Blue Jays. Drawing walks, hitting home runs. Not doing much else. He's got a double here and there uh, if he's Captain Biggio of old. Um, But yes, so not much else going on there besides the long ball. All right. Predictions for this week. I know it's so hard to predict with this team because the starters will give them a good good outing. The offense will be enough to support them. And then the bullpen will cough it up. But the Blue Jays play the Orioles who are in the basement of the AL East and the Marlins who are in the basement of the NL East. I believe. Maybe the Nationals are. What are your predictions for the week ahead. I think, I think you're right. I think it's hard to predict. So uh, I would love to tell you they're going to sweep all these games, but this bullpen, they're not. Um, maybe if Springer's say, back in Baltimore, maybe. Maybe, but, but even still one player again is not going to, and he doesn't pitch. So it's true. You know, you know, it doesn't matter if he's back, he's only going to score one run on himself. And, and also, you know, even if he drives in runs, you know, the bullpen's going to, probably coughs them right back up so but i'm not going to say it's going to be a horrible series i'm going to say or two series i'm going to say 500 for the next uh the next two series so they can't go 500 because it's a two-game series against the marlins because oh, they're national games. league so it's five games total and whatever whatever i'll get my game over then all right all right yeah i mean if the blue jays want us to see them as contenders they need to win four out of these five games and I think they have a shot of doing that because it's Baltimore and it's Miami. They struggled a little bit with Miami. They, they uh, lost one of the games to the Miami Marlins, but I think that they need to win four games if they want to solidify themselves as a contender or, or not solidify themselves because they can't do that right now, a game under 500. But if they want fans to think, okay, maybe they have a shot. Good teams take at least four games from these two teams. They do. And if the Jays want to say that they are a good team, they need to take at least four of these games from the Marlins and the Orioles. We wanted to talk about sticky stuff in this episode, but we didn't have the time to do so. So we'll get into that uh, when we have the chance. Um, and of course, a lot of stuff went down there. But this concludes episode 73 of 211 Baseball Talk. We thank you very much for tuning in. We do hope you enjoyed. And we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>